Welcome world, it's one of your favorite creator and host, Don the Dog. And oh my goodness, am I excited for you all to hear the fire seeds being planted in our garden on this episode. Missing Black Man with one of my favorite intellects, Mike Perkins of Opinions I Like Podcast. The Black homes, the Black communities, Black America, and the Black world period is missing the Black man. Let's talk about it. Don the Dog delivers. Hello. How are you? Having a good day? Good week? Great week. Great week. Great day. Awesome. Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me. No problem. No problem. Anytime. I have been wanting to get you on, and I just had to be very focused at what I wanted to talk to you about because you drop so much knowledge all the time. So I really wanted to be really, really direct whenever I got you on. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of have my ducks in a row uh, for a few different topics I wanted to talk to you about. However, all that came to a screeching halt when I found out how multifaceted Michael Perkins was. A little bit. <laughs> this 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 fire you have have left trailblazing on this Instagram post. <laughs> it, it, Mid mid video, I literally didn't even watch the whole thing, and I stopped and I messaged you, and I was like, "Yo, yo, yo!" <laughs> so you're just gonna leave that part out? You're just gonna leave that part that you can speak all of that and then put it on the hot beat? Okay. <laughs> I try, I try, I try. I don't, I don't say it. I don't say enough about the stuff I do because I never know if people care. <laughs> you know, I, I I be hoping that people care, but I mean, enough times, you know, it's crazy. Sometimes people don't care. Yeah, uh, the right people care. I'll say that. Yep. Yep. That, the right that. people care. And we're gonna we gonna get in that to that specifically tonight. Those those right people, uh the people that can't go. Some of y'all can't go. Some of y'all can't go. <laughs> some of y'all can't go. I was uh, having a conversation with a good friend of mine yesterday, and I, I said that just in we have a couple of mutual friends. Um, back from high school and we're just talking about like the differences and people we still keep up with and then even though we kept up with them for quite a long time it's different now because once you really once that light bulb comes on for you and you wake up and you realize that hey now you don't have an excuse because now you know somebody directly that has woken up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you still choose to be sleep and slumber in well they can't go (laughs) so so um yeah we let's let's just talk about that. Let's just talk about how you even got to the point of music. Putting a message onto music just for you and your message. Um well how I got into it is just like I mean like most kids. I mean you listen to rap music all the time and that was just my thing. Rap music is you know just been my thing. Um, I can remember as early as five performing raps. So, like, it's always been my thing. I really didn't start, like, rapping in front of people until probably around 12-ish. And I I still didn't rap in front of, like, my, you know, my brothers or anything like that. So I just stayed, I stayed away from it. Because, I, you know, you you don't know if you're good because all you're doing is rapping in front of, like, your friends or whatever. So I did that for a little while and then eventually, I just started rapping in front of people because it, it sounded, you know, it sound, uh, it sound good enough to me, mm-hmm. you know? And once somebody said I was good, that was enough for me. I was just like, okay, cool. I got to keep doing this, you know? And, you know, just, I, I would just do it to impress certain people, 
you know, just to impress certain people. But as far as messaging, you know, um, I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm, I rap about things that are important. How about that? I, I, I never want to push the issue of being too, like, you know, quote unquote conscious or whatever, because that's just not, you know, I don't ever want to be inauthentic, but I always push the, the, you know, push toward things that are important to me. And like when you heard what I was, you know, rapping about the last, you know, thing that you heard, you know what I'm saying? That was just important to me. And if you've heard, like, you've only heard me talk and speak about those things. So, you know, probably, you know what I'm saying? That's probably everything I've been saying for the, since you've known me. So that's, that's really, you know, important to me. So anything that's important to me, I'll rap about it. Sometimes it's not even that deep. Sometimes it's not as deep as trying to, you know, save the world or, you know, uh, given, you know, financial information, you know what I'm saying? Even at the lowest level or even, you know, more complex, but sometimes it's just something as simple as, you know, you know, liking, you know, liking what you like or whatever. But just for me, the, the reason that that came out that way is because that's just my new addiction. That's my new addiction. That's my new thing that I've just been into. And, you know, for the past, maybe like three or four years mm-hmm. and it, it just manifested in, you know, bars, you know, words come into my head and then eventually I'm there and I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you write, do you write, write your rhymes or do you kind of just flow? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't write them, but I've, I've been less impressed with the idea of not writing. Mm-hmm. Because I remember like, for example, I can remember, you know, uh, Nas's whole catalog, but I've never written it down. So it's not really impressive to not write your lyrics. But it's impressive to just be good, you know. So whatever the process is, just make the final product good, you know, good enough to where people are like, mm, "That's that's good. It's pretty good," you know. Then okay. that's that's what matters because it's plenty of people who cannot write their stuff down and suck, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's it's you know it just it takes a certain skill level to be good. So I would you know I don't, but that's just like habit, you know, it's habit. Like, you know, I, I just didn't. And I didn't know it was a thing. You know, it's, you know, you know, you hear the the Jay-Z's, you know, of the world did it. And, you know, uh, Biggie and a couple other people that just didn't write stuff down, you know. But it's just like, for me, not writing down was just, it was just a habit. I, I'm not good at the writing part. Like, I just don't, I don't like writing. It's just, it's just time consuming. It is time consuming, for sure. A lot of people who have made this their passion and or pit stop (laughs) shout out to that episode but yeah a lot of people who have um made it there twain low sorry twain low is on that episode passion and pit stop so y'all go back and listen to that shout out to him um but a lot of people who have made it their passion or pit stop they either do one of two things um they either don't write it so they have these bragging rights of being able to have this flow and i can rap because i don't write it um, or they write their raps and then really never put any use to it. It's like you got this whole book and you got these raps, but you were writing just to say you you're a rapper. Like if that makes sense, like a lot of people. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. The the the, the rhyming words, like words rhyme. I, I always say that when I'm talking about rapping, words rhyme. So you can do door, floor, more, sore, bore. Or, you know, your sure, all of those. But the 
the the part of rapping that makes rapping, you know, worth something is the way that you manipulate the English language. So that any time that you can, you know, anytime that you can have something that's witty or clever and not clever for the sake of like, because they're there are big word rappers that really get on my nerves. Like I, they just they suck to me. You know what I'm saying? You know, of course, biology and zoology rhymes. They both in theology. Like it's not that hard. Word rhyme, but it's the idea of actually either saying something that you know that that hits because it doesn't always have to be super witty or double triple entendre or saying you know being witty you know like it, but you have to do something you can't just rhyme for the sake of rhyming because a lot of times when I hear people do it it's just like I catch it immediately you mm-hmm. know and and even the even the way that people talk about rapping like oh I don't write nothing down it's just like yeah I know I know that that's not impressive now. You know, I thought it was impressive because when I said something to somebody, they would be like, oh, man, that's crazy. And it's just like, well, no, it's not impressive. I know Jay-Z's whole catalog. I've never written it down. Mm-hmm. Why would me not write my own stuff that's personal to me that I have to know? Why would not writing that down be impressive? It shouldn't be impressive. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I mean, people use that as a thing to make them sound better. But it's just it doesn't make you sound. It's not actually impressive. It's just your process. Like some people use. uh notes like they'll talk it and say it in their phone or whatever you know and when you say it in your phone you know maybe you know you know whatever your creative process is it only matters you know that's the only thing that matters so um a, a lot of times whenever everything that you just talked about just as far as the manipulation of the english language being what it takes a lot of times the reason that we don't see that is because we have like today's rap right like everybody's rhyming all the beats kind of sound the same, though, but they're these catchy body moving beats. I like to call them. Um, I don't always want to say twerking because even guys have their share of very heavy. You're going to be in the car like that's your jam and these artists go so hard. But um, I guess I always find it interesting whenever I listen to some of the hottest songs and then I truly listen not just to the musicality of it, because that's the first thing that's going to catch anybody. If you are truly in love with music or if you truly love music, it's going to be the actual musicality of the song, which I will say is one of the reasons that I don't like many songs that have come out. I would say probably after, I'm going to say 2010, just to be safe, right? Because, I mean, not like current day. I like because it, it just it started sounding the same. 2010 might be a stretch. It's 2021. I mean, I guess I feel like that was just yesterday. But if, in quite some time, everybody is saying the same thing. Everybody is rapping over that same tempo, and they just don't have a real message, in my opinion. And I guess for me, even like if you think of old school songs, it was much more slow. But even in the rap songs, they were actually talking about experiences in like whole communities but they were doing it in a way that it wasn't for optics it wasn't so they could be the latest trap boy out on the street so the latest dope boy who then came up off the street money and now you you know are this hot time rapper now they just I don't know what they're talking about is what I'm getting at I have no idea what they're talking about written or unwritten I don't know what they're talking about yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's it's there is music out there. You just have to mine it. Like you have to like dig for it because 
the more that like the more access we have, the more that uh, people have access to actually just making music. So you get people like um, what's the the boy um, Lil Nas X, for example. Like the song that he came out with owns Old Town Road, Old Old Town Road. That was just on SoundCloud, and then it just got it just picked up traction. You know what I'm saying? He didn't really have a plan with the song. He was just he was just making a song, you know. And, and you have to mine it. You have to like dig for the music if it's important to you. If it's not important, then you're just gonna listen to what's popular and then say, you know what, this popular stuff is not good. Then you won't find anything. But even in that, like I still, it's still some of the stuff that I actually still like. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not necessarily a fan of everybody but like I, for instance I, I mean I just found myself when I listen to like Sway Lee uh, uh, Ray Sherman mm-hmm. I listen to him I just I like it and I, I, I don't I don't force it I don't try to force myself not to like I can't like this like no nah, I like it you know what I'm saying I like you know what I'm saying Lil Baby you know uh, I do enjoy Lil Baby he's yeah. one of the ones that I actually enjoy most of his songs Right, it's a and like I said, it's a couple of a couple other guys. It's just I listen to their music and they're just like I'm not gonna force myself to not like this stuff. I like it, you know. In mm-hmm. regardless as to like the subject matter or whatever, but then I have my rappers that I listen to that are just they're gonna be my favorite forever. Like a Wale, like Wale is just gonna be one of my favorites forever. Mm-hmm. You know, he just he just gives me everything with regards to tempo, uh, in in texture of you know his flow and everything, and then also to he talks about a myriad of things, so I never, I'm never bored with him. You know, he creates music at such a high clip that he's always talking about the latest thing that's going on. You know, from a political standpoint, like he's he's making a song uh, about the riots after George Floyd, maybe like two days later. You know, because he just writes music, he just puts together music so so quickly, and he's really good. He's very witty. You know what I'm saying? So you, I'm gonna have my, you know the music that just feels good to me as well as the music that, you know, I, you know, I love from an intellectual, you know I mean? Standpoint, you know, but I, like I said, I don't think all the music is bad. I just think it's, it, it just is what it is. Cause even when we were little, you know, we still had, you know, and I don't, I, I don't know how old, how far apart we are in age. You know, I, I believe we're seven years apart. Okay. I turned 41 in like three days. Four, four or five days. We're right at seven, eight, because I just made thirty three. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But but like back in the nineties and in the you know eighties for me, you know there were songs that you know were pretty raunchy. You know what I'm saying? There were songs that were pretty raunchy. It's just it's just that it was only one radio station for a lot of people. You know, but now that the internet, it's just like everybody makes music. So, you know, I mean, it's just it's just how you mine it. You have to just dig for it. And, you know, if you like I said, if it's important to you to dig for it, you will. If not, then you won't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but you can't put the responsibility on the artists, the artists, because they just make music. You know what I mean? Like if I'm, I'm I'm selling, you know, German cake. If, you know, people are buying German cake and you know what I'm saying, you're not screaming, you want another cake. Then I'm going to just, you know, sell German cake until, you know, you until you ask for something else, a German chocolate cake, rather. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to sell that until you say something different. Mm-hmm. You know? There's always rappers out there. There's always new music out there. And like I said, there's already, there's always associated acts. So if you, for instance, if you like Kendrick, you know, Kendrick Lamar, if you like Kendrick Lamar, then you can probably find somebody who's related to, you know what I'm saying, that kind of music. And then all the people that are on the label that he's on, 
and all the people that they roll with or whatever, you can always find music. It's super easy. Like you can, you can almost go to Wikipedia mm-hmm. and find it. It's not really, like I said, it's not really hard to find associated acts. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I would just encourage anybody who are, if you're tired of the music, you know, whatever you support is going to be out there. It's not really, it's not, it's not an algorithm that is super deep. The more you support it, the more it actually, you know, shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I think my, my taste has changed over time. And so I guess maybe uh, there, I think there's a time and place too, when it comes to the music that I like. Like in the mornings, I'm probably not just trying to bang Lil Baby the Baby or Megan Thee Stallion or anything like that. But you know what? At Sunday Funday, I'm probably going to do a little twerking at my table to either any of them. I'm probably going to, you know, get a little lit. I've seen a video. <laughs> Shout out to Jay for that video. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think my taste has changed. And I think that uh, more so now I'm in my fourth year as an educator. And I think that my taste changed drastically when I became an educator, simply because I realized how much music influences. um, I see. I just it, it, it is different. I feel like. The info we talk about this all the time too in our in our circle in our pattern circle, how we had the access to the same things just at a different level because we didn't have you know the cell phones the laptops the everywhere anywhere you go outside the house you can get to the same things all that, but um I think also just the level of influence that it truly has now I would beg to differ is a lot different than even the same raunchy songs had on us back then. And I don't know if that's because people have just become more influential, especially with the advancement of technology throughout, you know, the last decade or so, last two decades uh, at, at, at least. Um, and I think that just people are just, again, much more influential. So I think that my taste has changed. And so music that I used to prefer probably more all the time some of them I do dislike. I ain't gonna lie. Some of them is just like, oh my God, this person is trash. Like they're not talking about anything. Every song they're talking about the same thing. Like this is, this is trash. This is just simply that bounce to make that check. Right. And then there are some that it's like, no, just not right now. So I guess I've just learned where to put music, especially the more hip hop and rap that's out now. But I'm always going to be like an R&B girl. There's so many great R&B artists right now. Um, the down-tempo artists, especially Pan- even Pandora is a really good place because now they have all these different deep cuts and newly released and all this stuff that you can just find. I mean, tons of it. So I think that's good. Um, you said something earlier. You said that, you know, especially in your music and that's definitely not I definitely that that was a trigger to get you on the show. But of course, I'm going to get to some real good stuff. Right. But you mentioned about like not forcing and not pushing that that consciousness. Right. And I think that's important. But I'm, I'm interested to hear. Um, that in regards to being inauthentic. And I think it's important because right now a lot more people are becoming more conscious and practicing a state of consciousness. And I think that as soon as someone hears certain um, catch words, 
that it automatically becomes inauthentic in their mind, at least mm-hmm. the person on the receiving end. Yeah, I, I, I try not to be inauthentic because I, I just never want to not be cool. Mm-hmm. And, Cool and cool is relative, you know what I mean? But like, I don't want to ever just not be cool for whoever I need to hear it. You know what I mean? Because there's a certain level of cool. Like, you know, like Jay-Z is always a good example. Like he'll have, especially his, all of his latest stuff is just amazing. But he's the coolest guy in the world. So it's never inauthentic. It's always super genuine. And then he's cool. And then it's actually saying something, you know, and then it's going to be some bars in there. Like, can't lose with that, you know, and that and and he is the bar, you know, with regards to, you know, rapping. And I mean, I consider him the greatest of all time. But it, it's like if anything take from him that everything that he raps about is authentic to him so that when he's speaking about it, you hear his voice. And you're not you're not questioning like what is he saying? What is he talking about that? Mm-hmm. Why why now? You know everything is you know like when he was you know big pimping and then he's saying excuse me miss it was because he was dating Beyonce you know what I mean and then you know you know the the next you know progression of what a relationship is is you know or the final one the last one is the Carters you know an album that they came out with together it's just like yes of course like. His life is changing and everything he's talking about is authentic to him. So it's never forced. That's the whole purpose of it. No, it's never about, man, I need a club song. Or man, I need to do this. And I and like for me, I did have stuff and projects that I put together, but I now I, I really just do one-offs. You know, whereas I'm like, I feel it. I like this here. I want to do this. I want to say this thing here. So I never get into a, a, a space whereas it can ever be inauthentic because it's just, and like I say, the conscious thing, like I never liked it because, I, you know, I stopped listening to, you know, conscious rappers, you know, the Talibs and, and those guys, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I still listen to Common, but like not the other guys, the other guys kind of get on my nerves because I found out that they weren't who they said they were. Mm-hmm. No, I find when I found out that, you know, Talib Kweli, although he makes songs talking about black Queens and things of that nature, I found out that he's a notorious cheater. Mm-hmm. You know? But I'm just like, ah, I'm done with this. I'm done with his stuff. You know what I'm saying? You find out about things about, you know, most deaf. You find out things about, you know what I'm saying, these other rappers. And you're like, they're not who they say they are. And this is positive stuff. Like, you could just not do it. You know what I'm saying? You could just not talk about that stuff. And not to say they don't feel it or it's not authentic to them, but, like, make the song that is about your life. Like, even for me, like, Lauren Hill music sort of made me upset because I never heard her talk about what she was with regards to, you know, her per not not to say she has to talk about her personal life. You know what I mean, but I need the song that makes me understand why you did the things personally that we now know. You know, the Y stuff and the I forget what Marley's son it was. You know what I mean? Like like those are married guys, but there's no song that would make me think that you did that. You mm-hmm. gotta be authentic, you know what I'm saying? And even if you know you're not giving your business, then don't say something that is contrary to what you're doing, you mm-hmm. know? But yeah, but the authenticity, it matters so that if you're just being conscious for the sake of being con- like, it's just like, it's, it's corny. You know, and you can tell, like, if you write lyrics, you can tell, you can listen to somebody and say, nah, he, he, he just, he just knew those words today. 
You know what I'm saying? He knew those words today. And after that, he won't be saying those words ever. You know, mm-hmm. that's really the mode. You know, you have to be in a mode whereas you're, it's so authentic to you. You're using the words that you always use and not always use, you know, read something, read a book. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but you're using words, terminology and things that are part of your lexicon, a part of the way you talk. And then after that, you, you know, you just go, you just go. Yeah. Oh, music is such medicine to our souls. I really love music. Um, music in the black community. How can it really help? Um, that, well, it's making certain things cool. Um, you know, so, uh, what's a good, I mean, well, like voting, well, voting, but I mean, but more, I think more personal things that can immediately affect us, like investing, you know, like the whole rap that I had, you know what I'm saying? was just about, you know, of course I've been screaming, get out of debt a lot, you know what I'm saying? But it was just about investing, getting out of debt, investing and, you know, buying back our neighborhoods, you know, simple, simple idea, you know what I mean? But it was just a lot of raps, right? A lot of rap, but you know, that to me has been made more popular because it's in raps. So you hear, you know what I'm saying? Jay-Z on, uh, on, uh, the life of OJ. I think it's the life of OJ. Uh, but you know, on 444 and he's talking about, he could have bought, you know, land in, you know, since somewhere in New York, I think it's called Dumbo. And he's like, I could have did that, but I just didn't. I passed it up. And now that same, you know, land is worth, you know, 800, 800, you know, 800% more than what it was eight times more. And it's like, I I messed that up. You know what I'm saying? He talks about credit. He talks about investing just in one song, you know, and he's like, I say to, to me, he's the coolest rapper ever. So it's like, to me, he said it is cool. You know, he said, hey, stop, you know, uh, showing money on the gram. Like, stop doing that. You know what I mean? He also said, stop wearing, you know, jerseys. And people started wearing button-ups because he said it. You know what I mean? It's like making progression cool in the music is really what it's about, you know? And and that's the thing. Like, so that when, you know, your favorite rapper is not saying the next thing, you're still thinking the next thing because you listen to this kind of music that makes you think the next thing, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's really what it is. It's like making the right thing cool. You know what I mean? And like I say, voting is pretty, like, it's it's a, it's it's not the first thing. You know what I mean? Not that people shouldn't vote, but it's just not the first thing. You know what I mean? It's it's a, you know, a progressive thing that, uh, and I think it just starts, I think it starts with finances, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. You can just, just make it cool. The coolest guy say it, it'll happen. You know what I mean? It'll happen. Yeah, well, let's let's take it right there, because that was the actually the first question on my little list I got here for you. Financial freedom. Hey. You are. I, I aspire to have the level of discipline <laughs> when it comes to finances that Michael Perkins has. Um, I have checked myself a few times after being on just random conversations that you guys will never hear on air because you ain't in our pattern pattern fam, but. You know, <laughs> um, so financial freedom. Define that as of Michael Perkins for us. Um, well, financial freedom for me is, of course, not owing anybody because I don't think that you can be financially free and owe somebody. 
Um, I don't think that it's relative to um, not necessarily, you know, owning your own business per se. You know, not that it, not that you you can't, but you know, it, you don't necessarily have to. Right. Um, but it, it's financially being financially free is not owing anybody and being able to live your life very much within your means, and that's that's pretty much it. It's not like I say. I don't think it's a deep concept, you know. And you know, as long as you have something that makes you money, you have appreciating assets like a house, stock, however you know, however it goes, you know, or, or even your own business. But something that makes you money to where you don't have to work, then that's financial freedom, you know. And that that's what it is. And like I say, it's not the deepest of concepts. It doesn't have to be your, you know, your multimillionaire. Whatever your number is, that number works. You know, because I mean, here in Detroit, I mean, you don't really have to be a millionaire to be good. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's not like that, you know, but I mean, I know in some places you might have to be like if you're in L.A., you might have to be a millionaire for it to work. You know, so I mean, depending on where you're at, but really the first step to that is just not owing anybody. You can't even if you got uh, your own business and you work for yourself, if you are in debt. You are not free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or not free. And it's about also too, it's about unplugging from as many systems as possible. I mean, we can't escape the IRS taxes, but we also, you know, aside from that, there's a lot of things that we can unplug from, like credit, you know, like, you know, these banks. You know, some of these banks are not, you know, they don't have our best interests at heart. I mean, you know, the bank has, you know, decades, centuries of treating us very poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we can't keep giving them our business without giving them, you know, a guidelines or having leverage. You know, you have a lot of leverage when you go to a bank and you say, okay, I want this, I have this. You know, you got a gangster, the gangsters. The banks are the gangsters. And uh, yeah, we, we not, we're not in a position to, to do that at this point. But financial freedom, getting out of debt, having appreciating assets and being unplugged from as many systems as possible um, with the exception of, but if you are unplugged from as many systems as possible, you can almost regulate your taxes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as much as possible, you know what I mean? Just try to unplug from as many systems as possible. So question on that. Um, When you say unplugging from systems, right? Like there's certain things, like you said, you can't really avoid. However, so credit, I think that's pretty simple, right? Like that's pretty simple to either not get credit cards and not owe people, not get you something to spend money that you don't really have, um, that they're going to charge you more to use their money up front anyway. Like I get that part. Um, Talk to me a little bit about banks. So for instance, like my job as an educator, for whatever reason, my district requires you to be set up on direct deposit. Otherwise, I believe... I, I want to say that, of course, you can always go pick up that check, right? Like, I think you can go pick it up, but I think that there's, like, some pressure on it. Because I did that for a while when I was switching banks. And it was like, no, you you have to have direct deposit set up. So, short of maybe, like, your direct deposit going to your bank, if that's how your, your employer requires or whatever that may look like, what does it look like to unplug from a bank? Because that is something that I've never had just because so many people try to establish good relationships with banks 
and now now that even I say it like that after listening to to what you were saying it's like yeah you try to establish that good relationship with a bank so eventually you can use their money not yours in some way or another but But other than that you can hold your own money I mean you you can when I say unplug from a bank owing a bank is what I mean by unplug from a bank okay having your money actually in a bank it's just it's just smart. You you don't really want to hold your uh your money in your hand. Any money that you can use that you need access to, use that money. You know what I'm saying? So even if you have like for me, I have uh all of my savings and investment. I have all of it automated. Everything is automated. You know, my bills are automated too. But like savings and investing, it's all automated. So for me, I don't need to like. I don't need the bank to treat me in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like I don't need the bank to treat me and I work for a bank. So (laughs) it's crazy, but it's just like, I don't need the bank to treat me a certain way because I don't require, you know, the relationship that I have with them as far as my money goes. You know what I'm saying? I don't require it. You know what I mean? Like if I wanted to, I can walk away from that relationship. You know what I mean? You know, and and, you know, like it's kind of hard to say that because I do work for the actual bank, but if I didn't work for the bank, if my job was just something else, then I can walk away from it. You know what I mean? Don't be beholden to the bank. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Because being beholden to the bank is owing them because you have a credit card. Yeah. It's hard to ask somebody for some money when you owe them money. You know? You know and, and and really, the bank is a resource. It's not the place you go to get money that is not, you know, you know, it's not yours. It's you not know? We need to start utilizing the banks for making the communities that they reside in making them contribute you know like there are banks in in my neighborhood and there are schools also that need books there are schools that don't have you know functioning bathrooms so they need to be contributing to that because we're contributing to their bank they're using the money that we're holding in their banks and they're investing it mm-hmm. you know so since they're getting money off of our money it's time for them to start pouring back into the neighborhoods and not just the metropolis areas or the areas that have been gentrified, but the areas of the city that are, that need it, you know, because obviously the parts that have been gentrified don't need it, you know what I mean, as much. So just don't be beholden to the bank. Be able to walk away from that relationship because the thing is, is that if 10 people walked in who have, you know, $100,000 in the bank, if they walked in and they said, hey, we need you to, do these things and you gave them a list of things and said, we need you to do this or we're taking our money out of the bank, then they would have to do it. You know, they would have to do it. You know, you have to gangster the gangsters. You can't let them run what it is that you do, you know, and you don't have to threaten them, you know, necessarily, but just, you know, when you got a lot of money in the bank and you ask them to do something, they listen, you know, but you have to have, you know, the leverage to do it. You know, and if you owe them a thousand, you know, or, Ten thousand dollars, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. They're not gonna listen to you for sure. So <clears throat> that leads me to. So I have two questions, two slash three. Two of them go together, but I don't even know which one to ask first. Um, so I'm gonna give you both of them, and then we can dissect it kind of from there, right? So I know for sure, but I just want to ask it so everybody else can know. Um, do you believe in a black America, a new black America? And what, it, what did that look like? 
And then the reason I didn't know which order to ask this question in is because I feel like the state of desperation of so much of our black community is what is stopping us from having a true black America. And so the question is, in your opinion, how do people get out of a state of desperation, especially right now since 2020? I don't even list all the stuff, but just 2020 the whole year. Throw that motherfucker in the trash. Yeah. I think that the cure to the black plight, and I've been saying it for a while, is black family or black couples. Um, we've, they've told a lot of black, I mean, yeah, I don't want to make this a, a, a gender thing, but they've told black women that they don't need black men. Which is some bullshit. First of all, let me just be the first to tell everybody out there, that's some, that's some straight up foolery fuckery and anybody who tell you that don't believe them don't don't trust them they can't be trusted if they say stuff like that yeah but what they've done is is they've they've made you believe that you don't need us and in in con like in conjunction with that they're also taking us off the map you know they're, they're shooting Literally. us in prison so what's happening is is that Black women are the most unwed women in America, you know, well, in the world, but, you know, we live in America so that our black women are forced to, you know, be alone. And black women on average make $38,000 a year. Well, that's not really a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Black men, you know, make $42,000 a year. That's not really no money. But when you add them together, that's 80000 You know what I mean? So that's 80000 That means you buy your house quicker, you get out of debt quicker, you're able to retire with dignity, invest, put your kids through college, they need braces, you can do that. <laughs> that you, it means that you're able to do all the things that you need to do to live a comfortable life. Now you're a middle-class family. You know what I mean? So the cure is actually us getting together because we can't decide to get together as a community until we're together in our houses. We can't be you know, at each other's throat and divorcing in our houses, you know, and we're also trying to get together and create organizations. You know, it doesn't make any sense. The reason that we, it was so easy to organize um, in the 50s, 40s and going all the way back is because we were getting married at an 85% clip. So since we're getting married and togetherness is in the household, it's not hard. It's not hard for me as a man to go over to Mr. Johnson's, you know what I'm saying, you know, uh, uh, house and say, hey, we need to do this together because we're already teaching each other how to be together. And that's the thing that's happening. And the cure for it is the cure for the black plight is black couples and black family. You know, so, you know, anybody under the sound of my voice, you know, get you a black man, women and women get and men get you a black woman and whatever and get together, make some kids and take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say that, um, you know how back in even I would even say in the 60s, um, blacks were getting married at a higher rate. Right. Do you believe that that's because there was more respect for what now we shame in as far as gender roles? Um, there was more respect for gender roles, but we weren't we understood that we weren't we we understood that we weren't each other's competition, but it was only out of necessity. You know, it was only out of necessity because when you tell black women, when you give black women money 
for them not having a black man in their household, well, you're already creating a, a competing narrative. Then when you start saying independent black woman, you know, don't need a man, you're creating a, 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 uh, a competing narrative. And then when it, when it evolves and it grows into something else that, I mean, I don't know what it is now, you know what I mean? But when you create this thing, you get all of our most, you know, our brightest and best women that are just single. Like I, I like it, it makes absolutely no sense. Like I was just, we were just having this conversation on, on uh, uh, the podcast. Me and my brother do opinions. on like podcasts. We were talking and it was just like, like, Jill's got a single. What's that about? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, it, it's it's time for, you know, and it, look, and if you're of our era, you've only lived the independent black woman life. Like, you've only heard that. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's hard to really go back to a time where it was like something else because if you're born in 1980, you don't know that life. You don't know the life of this is my man and I'm going to stick by him. You know, all you know is us getting divorced and baby daddy this and, you know, dads losing their kids. So enough of it is that, you know what I'm saying? But it was a necessity that we be together. So we didn't have a choice. You know, we, we both had the same plight. We both had the same fight. So it's just like, well, we're not saying man versus woman because that's not, that's not our fight yet. I mean, we haven't been together long enough. We, we were just out of slavery and then we were still in Jim Crow semi-slavery. So when do we have time to even have a gender war? But in the 80s, that's when you had it. The late 70s, early 80s, that's when you had all that stuff happen. And it's been happening, just ravaging the whole community. So, I mean, we, we had to respect gender roles because the men had to actually protect. I mean, people talk about Rosewood and, 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 uh, and Greenwood. Um, and the story is that the white men came and, you know, burned the stuff up. But the black men had their guns. They were fighting. They were dying course, and they would just burn it, but the black man died. You know what I'm saying? They died for their wives. They didn't kill the... I mean, if they killed kids, they weren't trying to kill kids. They were trying to kill the black man, but they knew that those are the protectors, so we got to get them out of here in order for us to be able to do the things that we want to do. You know? So. Absolutely. So I will say, as a woman, I'm absolutely, absolutely not against independent women, right? Um, I consider myself... A, a, a new and I say this very loosely because I don't want to disrespect the feminist movement that's going on right now like I, I'm definitely not here to disrespect anybody in their movements but I'm gonna say I'm a new type feminist right like I believe in women empowerment I believe in the independent woman I think you have to be careful in knowing what areas it's okay to be independent and that having a man desiring a man needing a man which you do need a man Um, I think that a lot of, especially younger, like you said, eighties, eighties and later, the, the notion of that need has become weak. And I couldn't think that that's furthest from the truth. You can be independent AF and have your husband that you have a solid family with that you are are creating the black community within your house first, right? And then you can teach other people how to do that, starting with your offspring. And then you got friends and everything. Some people listen, some people don't, and then people can't go. We already told y'all that. That's fine. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I definitely believe in that. Right. And I come from, my mom was married before she had children, you know, her and my dad did their thing. Um, they ended up getting divorced, um, shortly after my youngest sister was born in 92. Um, she's the youngest of my dad's five children. Um, and so I grew up in a house where I only saw my mom have, I can only remember three real, um, I guess boyfriends is what we call them. And all three of them were around for very long periods of my life, like very long periods. It wasn't some in and out. There wasn't, you know, oh, this guy is going on a date or something. I think my mom went on a lot more dates than we ever knew about. And she used to say she was going with her girlfriends. Um, but as far as like guys, so I didn't grow up in a house like men were in and out or anything like that. So I don't have that to go off of. I did grow up in a house where my mom said things like, you know, don't not don't have kids, but you better think about that shit. To this day, if you bring up having a kid as my mama's child, she gonna, she's going to give you that stern look like you better be good and sure that that's what you want to do. Um, it was never a don't get married. You don't need that. You don't have to go that route. But there was always a there's more to life than just that. Um, even now, whenever I may speak on, you know, wanting to settle down and X, Y, Z, you know, she, she, her experience was much different from mine, hopefully will be. Um, and so it was just never that strong, you don't need a man thing, but it was a clear, be clear that you don't need a man to survive. You don't need anyone to necessarily survive as a human. I had to come up with on my own. I don't know what this lady been over here telling me for 33 years. I need a man. I, I I need like I need a husband like I need like, you know, it's just I have a much different um, ideology on what a, a good home looks like, um, a good home in the black community looks like. So although I think so many women are on the right path when it comes to careers and um, just passions, their children, if they have them, a lot of women are single. I will say it has been really refreshing the last, I would say maybe about five years of my life. A lot of the younger women that I know don't have children yet, especially when they're not married. And they are more on that. Whoa, this doesn't seem right. I don't need a man. Hold up. This don't make no sense. Cause the older I get and the dynamics change and I mature me as an, you know, just innately as a woman, there are certain things that you're going to desire. I think yeah. that some women have like learned how not to desire those things just because it didn't work out maybe the way they wanted it to or as seamlessly as it may be in the movies. What, what is the, I, that's what I'll say. Like, what, it, what is the actual example? Because, you know, women, black women particularly are getting married on average at like when they do get married at, 28-ish? I, I was going to say, I think 27, 28-ish on average. Yeah, it's like, okay, what is the, like, your baby-making years, if you want a baby, are from, let, let's just, you know, let's keep it legal, let's say 18 to 20, you know, 29, 30, you know what I mean? And after that, you you, you know, you, you may face some complications, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I find that women and women lead well, they lead us. You know they lead black men in, in degrees. Women are deciding to get degrees 
and forego their prime years of having kids. And it's just like, yeah, you can always get a degree. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you can kind of always get a degree. We should be trying to be together more than we should be trying to. And then the degree thing ain't really, it's cool. There's nothing wrong with getting a degree, but it's just not, considering what most black women are getting degrees in, it's not really that, it's not really that, it's not as important as, you know, one would think. Because they're not getting it in engineering. They're not getting it in, you know, they're getting it in humanities. And, and, and you know, it's no disrespect to that. I mean, you can get it, you know what I'm saying? But, like, if you're just going to do humanity, you can do that after, you know, you, you go through your process of trying to find you, you know, or a man or trying to have a man find you or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, having in your prime years, because I'm not saying get married early, but don't get married late, you know? Mm-hmm. Hold off on marriage. You know what I'm saying? It gets to the point of being like, what are you doing? Because then when you get 38, it's like, it's not the same. You know what I mean? It's not the same. And the old, unfortunately, the older that women get, the less options they have. And just because the men in your age range just, they're not, they're not living as, you know what I'm saying? They, we die earlier. You know what I'm saying? Black men, especially, you know what I'm saying? We die earlier. We get put in prison more. You know, a lot of that stuff is just, it's just, it's just happening, you know what I'm saying? So you have to choose a lot earlier, you know what I mean? And not too early. You don't want to be 18 getting married, but certainly not. Don't don't wait till 38 because it's just that's too much time that you wasted for kids and, and, and marriage and, you know, and, and saving and working together with somebody. You know, that that's a lot of time that you're wasting not doing that. You know what I mean? So I always think, like, what is the example? Like, there's no real examples, you know what I mean? Uh, you know. It's just a bunch of people saying, wait. It's just like, nah, like, what are you doing? You know, you just- I think sometimes, too, it can be frustrating for a lot of women. Um, so, for instance, I'm 33, I'm single. And it's so funny because people say, oh, that must be by choice. Because look at everything that you have going on. And it's like, well, you know, every time I say, you think I'm dating somebody and he like me, then I find out he ain't ready. And those are very strong air quotes. So if y'all can go back and listen again and hold your own two fingers, if you take your pointer and your middle on both hands and you just (laughs) hold that out for me. Okay. Yeah. So I think it can be really frustrating for younger girls. And that is where they make a switch because especially whenever you're dealing with that continuous cycle of heartbreak, right? Like, Meeting somebody, dating somebody, wanting to get serious, wanting to do this, hoping that he's going to put a ring on it. And then you spend anywhere, I'm going to say a year, because I think after about a a year of dating, you should probably be in a committed relationship. Otherwise, you're just casually dating, right? Like, it's just for fun at that point, in my opinion. Uh, But I would say between a year and five, within that five first years of dating, why aren't y'all marrying these black women that you with if you've been with them that long? And then why in a shorter time, here's what I will say. Here's what I have felt for myself. So many guys are willing to make me the girl that they wouldn't want to be with. And when I say that, you wouldn't want to be with the girl who's out here sleeping around, but you're willing to sleep with me even though you don't want to make me your girl. You know, it, it, it's it's, there are, the, this is the answer to that. The answer to that is, is that it's hard. Like I, I listen to women 
complain about the men and it's hard and not you, not you as in you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen to women complain about men they raise. You know, it's very, very hard. Like, especially like 80s, 90s. If you were born in the 80s and the 90s, you were mostly raised by mamas, aunts, grandmas, big sisters, older cousins, you know, women, cousins or whatever. Like, it's hard for me to hear that. You know, the thing that you wanted, you got. You got independence. You got money. You got, you didn't have a man. They gave you money for not having a man. They gave you housing for not having a man. They gave you all these things for not having a man. And then now you've raised our sons. And now that these, the chickens have come home to roost, you're complaining. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have concerns, but it's just hard for me to hear complaints when we were raised by the very same people who are complaining about who we are. And it's because... Fathers are so far removed and it's just like, it's challenging because you can't, you, you know, like women, black women, I think are amazing, but you are limited in the fact that you can't raise a man so that the men that maybe you're complaining about are raised, not raised by men who had that design to say, okay, cool. You do this, 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 and this, you know, and this is how you, you know, date. This is how you do anything. Like, you know, like it, the, the, the context of, a man's life can't be taught by a woman. And like I say, like not, not you as in like, stop complaining, but, but it's just, it's hard to listen to it. It's just like, no, we were raised by like our whole generation was raised in essentially a matriarchy, you know, and no other society, no other community, no other race, no other ethnicity has a matriarchy. You know what I mean? It can be argued that black people do. And I, it's, it's stuff is a little out of order. So when you see stuff like that, when you see guys dating for a year and then wanting to just say, well, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. It's because a lot of this stuff is confusing for us. It's very confusing for us. You know what I mean? Like when you hear women say stuff like I, I'm strong, independent black woman, don't need no man. And then you hear the same women say black women are so unprotected. It's confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, how are you doing both of those things at the same time? You know, and it's like, as a man, only given the sense, given the sensibilities of black women, well, they are going to be emotional. They aren't going to be as, you know, as disciplined and not to say you are not, but I'm not taught discipline from a male point of view. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I'm not going to be as quick to make decisions. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to second guess myself. These are things that are going to happen because I'm not raised by a man. You know, and being raised by a man in the context of being a man, a black man, especially, it takes a lot of the a lot of the frills out of it. You know, what I'm saying? because, again, I can't learn how to be a man from a woman, you know, and, and being indecisive and, you know, dating for long periods of time, waiting for you to actually take the lead because they may be waiting for you to say we're exclusive. You know, what I'm saying? You know it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff that, again, we just deal with. But it's like there are no. We can't go back in time and put our fathers in the house. So, you know, it's just, but that's, I think that that's more of the problem than anything. And that's the thing that we're missing. You know, we're missing black men in the household and black men have, you can look up, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the article. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can look it up across all categories that matter about fatherhood. Black men have been showing up and showing out. Like we're, we're a top most categories. And, but the numbers of, how many of us are having our kids taken from us? Yeah, that hasn't changed. You know what I'm saying? So it's still high 80s with regards to all custody hearings and, you know, kids being taken from the man. It's just happening. 
know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's those things have to change so that we can be together, you know, because they got us at odds, you know what I mean? They got us at odds and they, and they're being, what they're doing is they, they're, they're empowering women, I guess, but they, they are, every stat they give is juxtaposed to black men. Like mm-hmm. 97% of, of black women voted Democrat. And it's just like, you're saying that so that they say men need to get on a level, not understanding that we're not enemies. We're on the same team, mm-hmm. we're on the same team. So don't let these Democrats, don't let these leftists, don't let the government completely, don't let anybody outside of us talk about us. You know what I mean, because it gets to the point where it's just like, it's just men ain't like, I, I don't do clubhouse, but I've heard about it and clubhouse. Whoosh, <laughs> The gender war on on Clubhouse is just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? So I will say I I do love Clubhouse. However, I had to learn very quickly: either you're gonna decipher Clubhouse or it's gonna demolish you. Like you can spend so much time listening to a waste of life on Clubhouse, and so I have been fortunate enough to none of my really any of my experience or listens have been that but I'm also very picky about the rooms that I stop in like I'm stopping in the rooms where it's like trucking 101 because I'm trying to get back into transportation or you know truck casting questions where you know you just go on and ask all these truck owners and the third parties and women in logistics and all these people you know who I can actually go and research and see you've done some work in the field of logistics type thing so you know if you're selective it can be but yeah we're not even going to talk about that because it is it can be very a waste of life um that gender war, like I said that gender war is especially among blacks it's just it's bad twitter it's just bad you know what I mean you know, and, and, and eventually I, I think that we found that we need each other a lot more because a lot of these numbers are just coming out. Like, I didn't know that black women were the most unwed women. I was like, what? But then it makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, 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 it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? You know, I see it. And yeah. I felt the number before I knew the number, you know? Yeah. I think one thing that I think is really important, so two things that I, I really cannot stand, right? Like, I cannot stand to hear this whole you know, black men need to protect us or black men aren't protecting us. Um, That really boils my blood. Um, It boils my blood for a few reasons. Um, Number one, what's the point in that statement? Whose side are you on first and foremost? Whose side are you on? I don't want to hear you on your own side because if you're on your own side, then you know that he's part of you. As a whole, the black man is part of you. So I feel like, so are we not protecting ourselves? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I think, though, when you talk about protection, I think that for protection, and, and it, you know, I'm going to tread lightly because I, you know, anytime I talk to any black woman, you know, naturally I see my mom, naturally I see my sister, I see my, the matriarchs of my family, you know what I'm saying? So I try to tread lightly. You have to receive correction from a man to be protected. You have to be able to receive correction so that if I say, hey, I know you want to go out and X, Y, and Z, but, you know, maybe not tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be able to receive correction from a black man to actually get protection. And I feel like that's not, you know, like, black women don't want to be told what to do. And they're used to us being their sons. They're used to us being their nephews or, you know what I mean, their brothers. And we're not just those things. We're also your husbands, 
fathers and leaders. Fathers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that needs to be that, and that, and that part of it really, because when you say leader of the household, you know, what I mean, you know, a uh, uh, head of household. I think that like women get a little weary because they think that means that now you're treated like a second class citizen, and it's just like, no, 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 that's not leadership. Leadership mm-hmm. is not treating you like a second class citizen. It's make it's it's creating happiness and a safe space for you. You know, it's create it's facilitating all the things that you need. You know, in this safe space. You know, it's security. It's you know, it, it's it's having a plan. It's being disciplined. It's it's making you feel important. You know, and like an important part of the process. It's empowering you. It's not treating you. It's not saying go and give me a sandwich. Like that's not that's not head of household stuff. You know, maybe that's a part of it. But it's not just that. It's not just get me a sandwich and telling a woman what to do. You know, but in order to, like I say, in order to receive the protection that y'all want, you got to receive the correction. And, it's, and you know, I, you know, you try to correct the black woman if you want. <laughs> it's, that, it's not fun. And, and I think that it's even even beyond that. I think for me at the. At the rapid rate i can't even think of a word right now that would be to the magnitude i needed it to be but as soon as one it's it was it just becomes such a a a trend and such a fad like very quickly right like the same the same people that holler to the top of their lungs now is are the same women who are the most disrespectful to black men And that's the part that I just, I guess what boils my blood about it, because I don't want to hear, and I say this as humbly and respectfully, especially because I don't have children. I'm not trying to in any way disrespect anybody, but you got three or four baby daddies or just one baby daddy who you won't even let, let, finish that statement. You know what I mean? Yeah. You... Are you you just blatantly, not even subliminally, but you just blatantly disrespect just the black man as a being. Yeah. But then you want to say that he needs to protect you? Well, he needs to protect protect him from you. He has to protect himself first from you before he can protect you against anything else. I think I think that the 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 uh the like there's a ideology not not a but it's it's a mindset. So I think that a lot of women, when they hear stories of what women do and what women are doing and they, they see themselves and they're looking at, they're putting themselves in the woman's shoes, right? What they're not doing though, is they're not making the guy who's going through it. They're not making that their brother or their son. Cause when you start thinking about the stuff that you do and Instead of this man just being some man that you can't stand, you're thinking about it from the standpoint of what I like this for my son, then it, it becomes different. You know what I mean? You know, because if you're treating your 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 baby daddy or husband a certain way, you know, you would tell your your son to get away from that. Like you gotta get away from her. Yeah. But how are you treat is it is it in a way that you would want your son to be treated by his eventual wife? Yeah. You know? And if the answer is no, then maybe you need to switch stuff up. You know, mm-hmm. don't always put your, cause like even the stuff that women, ex, you know, women accept, you know, like, like I, I know it's a double standard with regards to sexual past. Like, look, it just is. 
but you but don't be fooled. You think it too. It's just that when you make the decision, you put the decision, you're putting yourself in the woman's shoes and not making the guy who's choosing her your in your head. Make him your son. Would you want your son to choose that kind of woman? So don't don't stop stop making stop relating to the woman so much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Think about how the man is going to feel. Like all of these, just consider the man's feelings. Like, you know what I mean? And then consider, like I said, consider we can't control who we were raised by and how we were raised. Mm-hmm. We're raised by women, they, they, I mean, like, you know, as amazing as black women are, they don't know how to be men. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just. And that, and that, that right there is really key too. They don't know how to be black men. So for me, my first question, because I'm not saying that black women don't need black men's protection. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we can't use that as a way to put black men further down than they already are, which is what it has only done since I've heard it. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard it in a way of just speaking in a healthy manner saying, I, I do need a man. Why? I need his protection. And then what does that protection look like? Because a lot of them are out here hollering, black women need protection from black men. Where y'all at? Stand up, black men. We need you. Protection, protection. Okay, well, what's protection for you, sis? Because what's protection for you as an independent black woman, the way you say it, is different from me as an independent school teacher, single, no kids, having a podcast, having a nonprofit, feeding the homeless, all these things. My protection looks different. My protection looks like I want somebody to come over here and try these new recipes because yesterday I made some bullshit and I didn't have nobody here to tell me do not make no bell peppers with ground turkey because the pack was going to go bad. Then go ahead and top up the mushrooms and saute you some mushrooms and onions, throw you some shrimp in that and then mix it all together. What the? See, listen, I I need a man, first of all, because I don't even know what I was thinking. Yeah, but I mean, but more so you got to understand what the man is for. I think that like a lot of men and, you know, I feel this way too. Like even like my financial journey, like I'd be lying if I said it wasn't about eventually being with a woman and having these things in order. You know, black men sometimes feel like we've been reduced to a check. Mm. Been reduced to money, you know what I'm saying? So you can't see your kids because you don't, you don't. Give me what I want you to give me every month. Exactly, exactly. And those kind of things are just, we forgot what a man was for. You know what I mean? And if you don't, if you don't feel like you need a man, it's probably because you've reduced them to a check. You've reduced them to whatever you need, you know, you know, sex, maybe even, you know, you reduce them to the thing that you need and you're not understanding that that's, that's not it. That's not all you need. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, you know, I, I mean, again, I look at all of the women that were a part of the independent woman. Don't need no man movement. You know, like, it's like I'm looking at them now and they're 50 and they're single. And they're single. I, I'm like, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be funny, but that can't be fun. Correct. I'm 33 fun. and I'm telling you right now, it ain't fun. First of all, and I will say this. I will say this as a black girl who has been the loudest person in in and out of her circle since she was born. Um, I will say this from somebody who was bullied in school. And then once she got a little bit of like, this can't be life. So I'm gonna treat people how they treat me. And now I have no filter. I don't care how I make people feel. Not that I don't care how I make people feel, but I'm just going to say it very blatantly. I'm not going to be as sensitive. I'm not going to be emotionally intelligent. 
mind you all this is much younger so it wasn't intentional but now that I can look back I know that's what it was I was very emotionally unintelligent um I would I would beg any of my female listeners to understand that one of the main things that you need a man for is to make you feel like a woman period point blank I think in a lot of ways women forget oh when you have somebody that truly loves you properly you can't help but to fall in line you can't help but to understand his correction you can't help but to to be that helpmate that you were created to be I believe women were created to be helpmates I mean I've been hearing that I mean not that I didn't know it existed in the bible but I've been hearing that a lot more you know helpmate help me helpmate and I it's like yeah okay let's roll with that one like but whatever it is is going to make you be cooperative to me mm-hmm. it's going to make you be be cooperative because you know my leadership is not devoid of good treatment you know, and that's not that no good leader ever is just treating people poorly. You know what I'm saying? I don't treat my kids poorly. Mm-hmm. We're not eye to eye. You know what I mean? I treat them with respect. You know, I, 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 I want to make them happy. A part of my leadership is making sure that they're happy, happy and healthy. So I really think that like women think that this leadership thing, you know, and look, I don't, there are a lot of good women, great women leaders, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, whatever, but it's not. The, the, they're killing the black men leaders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're killing those, you know what I'm saying? And the reason that they're killing those is because they're important. You know, like I, I, I looked it up. I was, I was being a jerk probably looking it up, but I was looking up all of the uh, black women that had been, you know, like assassinated. Black women that have been assassinated. Leaders, black leaders that have been assassinated. I found one. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think about that. It's just like, even Harriet Tubman in slave days, she died of pneumonia. Like she didn't like, but you know, nobody was hunting her down. But Nat Turner, though, he didn't get that same fate. Uh, you know, Denmark Vesey, he didn't get that same fate. You know, John Brown, who was a white guy, he's a white guy who led a revolt, you know what I'm saying, to actually free slaves. But like, even still, he was working for us. He didn't get the same fate. None of our black leaders, you know, what I mean, who are men got the same fate. Rosa Parks died of natural causes, like 102 when I was in like either high school or college or one of those, but not the, the people who were in the same movement were hurt. So our leadership is important because they're trying to, they're trying to kill us. Mm-hmm. That's why you should know it's important. Just like when they were trying to, to, to suppress the vote. Well, that's because it's important. They're trying to kill our vote because it's important. They're trying to kill our men because we're important. You know what I mean? And if the more you understand that, and the more you understand how important we are and how we're important, how important we are in the front, not to say, again, you're in the back and then you're just back there and we're like, you know, you ain't this, you ain't that. No, no, no. That's not what leadership is about. You know what I mean? And no successful, you know, no progressive society has ever survived as a matriarchy. You know, I, I would say mentally it's a wash as far as men and women. I, I don't think that there's any stats that say that men are smarter than women or vice versa. You know, emotionally, maturity wise, whatever, psychologically, I, let's say that's a wash. The, the place where it's not a wash is physically. You know what I'm saying? It's not a wash physically. You know what I'm saying? And I'm responsible for your life. That's a big responsibility. You know what I'm saying? You want protection, receive this correction. It's just, I need you right here. I need you over here. You know what I mean? I think it's also important for women to understand if you are so independent, right? Be independent enough to break that cycle. 
be independent. And I'm talking about the cycle of tearing black men down. Still on this protection thing, right? Like if you're so independent, then be independent enough to realize that the, the, the thought process that you have, because right now you didn't think of that. You didn't think of it, sis. You heard somebody else say it at a time where black men were already targeted and now it's a thing for all black women. I ain't going to say all. Let me take that back. I'm going to say y'all know who them all over there, right? Yes. And so it's just so many of them. It seems like all, right? <laughs> but it, if you're if you this independent, strong black woman and you take care of your kids by yourself and you don't ever need no man and he ain't this and he ain't that. OK, well, what about all the other black men? Because you still want a husband. Right. But your husband is out here watching you on your social media, listening to you on the other end of that, um, you know, bar or table or wherever you're at, listening to you on your platforms, even if it's professionally or whatever it is. The black man is looking at you, your husband, who you don't have yet, who you're waiting to find you. He now has to now the universe, God, his higher power, whatever that looks like in his life, in his realm, has now moved his spirit to take a step back because she's not ready yet. She can't be ready if she doesn't understand that the black woman does have the black man protection. Just because black men are not doing exactly what you want them to do in your life doesn't mean that the black man does not protect the black woman. And I'm talking about from a communal communal standpoint. Certainly, certainly. And and the thing, the thing is also too, we we see what you say, and and not you again, I'm saying you, but like we see what you say. Anytime that you call, like the, the main thing when you correct a black woman or correct black women's actions, it's like, gonna call him gay <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it's just go let's go let's that, that trend <laughs> never late they always go to either you're gay you you just say you hate black women just say you're gay you don't like your mama who hurts you it's just like we see you like so if I see you do that I'm not picking you as a as a spouse you know what I mean? You you have bully tactics. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not looking to be bullied. I'm not getting into a relationship just to be bullied. You know what I mean? Those kind of shame tactics, those kind of bully me, bullying me into uh, 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 conforming to something. Because again, we are raised by women. So when we see y'all, we see our moms. Like we, it's just what we do. You know what I'm saying? We see our moms. We see the matriarchs of our families. It, it's, we don't want to disrespect you. But we also don't want to be disrespected. And that's the the, the conundrum that we're in. Because, I mean, you know, I always soften my voice when I'm talking to a woman. Just purely habit. Like, it's just like, oh, snap. You know, and I catch myself sometimes. But it's just that's what I do. You know, then when I'm talking to my guys, you know, it's a little more aggressive. But I shouldn't have to change my tone because it may be offensive to you. Because I need to be a man around you. I need to be a man at all times. I need as much practice as I can get. You know? <laughs> so, but it's, it's, we see the way you talk about men. We see the way you, you, you uh, uh, receive or don't receive correction from black men. So it's just like we want to choose you, but we don't want to get into something that, you know, doesn't allow us to be men. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Um Women are in a desperate state, right? We talked about just as a black community, getting out of that state of desperation, things we could do. Um, I see right now, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to have a part two to this whole conversation because it's so great. But I think um, just ending it on the, the black household, right? Because I don't want anybody to get lost and think this is a relationship conversation because it's not. This is a conversation about how we start in the black home, create black homes. 
And then we can start to create a black neighborhood. And then we can start to create a black community. And then we can start to create black cities, states, America. Yep. You know what I mean? And so I don't want anybody to get confused. And I think that the women who are out there who are in a state of desperation first understand that we've all been traumatized. We've all had our share of trauma, whether it be historically and understanding the history, whether that be how you were raised, whether that be, um, you know, just through life experiences. Um, we've all had our trauma. So I beg right now that women understand that the more that we continue to traumatize our black men, the longer it's going to take them to be able to get out of that state, especially when it comes to us. We can't continuously badger them over the head and, and yell we need protection. Well, I don't remember us ever just asking, first and foremost, let's go back to that. Like, when did we ever just ask and say, Black men right now, women are black women are in a state of X, Y, Z. This is where we need your help, black men. Come step in and help us. I don't ever remember that being a respectful conversation in the black community on any level, on any platform. I haven't seen it. It was automatically you heard it somewhere. And now all of a sudden we don't have this quote unquote protection. But if I ask you again what that even looks like, you probably can't tell me because, again, like Michael Perkins has so <laughs> graciously put it, you have you have done them down to a check. So if that's all you need, you got that. It's called the state home, girl. Yeah, State gave you your money. The state gave you gave you housing. You know what I'm saying? When a black man wasn't around, so you getting it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying it. you got your black man right. Yeah. And Love so that that state of desperation. Um, I think a lot of times people get into that, especially whenever we make decisions in the moment. And I'm not only talking about with children, so I don't want anybody to think I'm being subliminal because I'm not. We make decisions, though, in the moment without thinking about if this all goes left right now, right? We may, and that puts us, again, as a woman in a state of desperation because we, we're, we're too scared to ask questions because we don't want to run them off. We're too scared to set boundaries because we don't want to run them off. Or you're on the other end with them all over there that we already talked about for the last 30 minutes. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, that that's just it's just like I say, it's just a conversation that needs that be needs to be had. And like I said, I think that black women have been so removed, especially the ones that were born in the eighties and nineties, they're so far removed and they really don't have a start place. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, we need to go back to this thing because they were born into this new this neo-feminism, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Like, the just, bullshit, that's what you can call it on my show, some fucking bullshit. <laughs> they were born into, so what do they go back to? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's, it's, it, it almost seems, and, and, you know, I'm being funny, but it seems, well, I can use a different word. It seems like a form of servitude. You know what I'm saying? It seems like, you know, I was going to say slavery, but, you know, it seems like the, what we're asking women to kind of go back, it, it seems to say, but it's like, it's not. You win. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Plus, when we win a championship, you get a ring too. <laughs> you get everything you asking for. <laughs> everything you asking for, you know what I'm saying? And too, like I, I feel like also too, like I've seen myself just in relationships. It feels like I'm playing the or doing the relationship on my knees with my arms behind my back. Like I'm not playing 
as tall as I am. I'm not playing as strong as I am. I'm not playing the game with my full strength because I'm with a woman and I'm like, I don't want to offend her by being too strong. Mm. You know, she's, she wants this to be 50, 50. And it's just like, well, Mm. can't be for me to, for it to be 50, 50 for me, I got to regress. And that's not going to help you. You're not going to respect me after that. You know what I'm saying? You need me to be strong and in the front. So I have to, again, I need as much practice as possible in this man thing because I was raised by my mom. You know what I mean? I was raised by my mom. Got a bunch of aunties, you know, granny, my grandma. You know what I mean? I, 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 that's just what I was raised around. And I had some men, some examples, but not enough for me to say, this is my guy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to look at everything he does. And this, it's just like, it's sparingly, you know what I mean? Sparingly, I had those things. And, you know, we just, we just need some time. It may take a couple of generations for us to figure it out. But I think, I, I think that if we care enough, we'll figure it out, you know? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to respect your time for tonight. I am definitely going to have you back next week, if you're possible, if you're available. I am so with it. This is okay. Yeah. And we'll continue this because I do. I mean, man, the conversations you do are just so productive, I think. And I just hope everybody really like you replay this episode so many times, even if you just get one little tidbit that can open your perspective, um, help you grow your mindset. Um, So we're just going to leave off with some closing thoughts. And I will open the floor to my guest, Michael Perkins. Okay. Um, just uh, since we were talking about things like my, my, you know, you asked about finances in the beginning. Hey, if you, if you're in, you know, 10, 15, $30,000 worth of debt, get out of that. That's silly. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to yourself. You know what I mean? Help yourself out by getting out of that debt is uh, it's ridiculous and you don't need it. Um, uh, and uh, what was the other thing? Uh, the cure to the black plight, the uh, solution for the black plight is black couples, is black family. So the more that we can be together, the more sense it makes for us to actually be together when we're fighting against whatever the thing is. But we have to do it together. We can't do it separately. Um, uh, black women, uh, we have we don't have a saying that suggests that we don't need you. There's no independent black man don't need no woman. There's no there's no such thing as that. Uh, drop the independent black man don't need independent black woman don't need no man just drop it you know what I'm saying we need each other and the closer we can get to each other the more that we can couple up be married be in the same household and be productive and healthy the better off this thing is going to be for our kids and their kids and so on and so forth amazing thank you so much for joining me So listen, listeners, one of my favorite quotes when talking about black men is, I am not your enemy, I am your energy. Black women, although we cannot teach black men how to be men, we must learn to cherish black men, protect black men, and love black men to their growth and through their growth. When we separate ourselves from the idea of the black man, we empower every systematic oppression tool created to dissemble the black community. Don't worry, this is only the beginning of this conversation here on Concrete and Blossom Podcast platform. Not now, but right now, go subscribe, follow, like, and share us on all social media and listening platforms at Concrete and Blossom Podcast. You can find info on our co-host, Mike Perkins, by clicking the bolded links throughout our description. Don the Daw delivers.